Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 72 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today on this fine Saturday, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How we doing, man? Good. Yeah. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode. It's been two weeks. A normal episode, that yeah. is, because last weekend we did a traditional, or not a traditional, a structured episode reviewing Parasite, which, oddly enough, Ryan, we didn't know this, would go on to win four Oscars, including Best Picture. Yeah. And all the speeches were amazing. Freaking hilarious. Yeah. Bong Joon-ho, who is the director, of course, for the film, just gave an amazing speech when he won Best Director. Mm-hmm. And he just applauded and praised uh, both Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese yeah. in a speech. I thought it was wonderful. He like quoted him as like how he what does film or produces film based off of It was some Scorsese. kind of nod. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what the actual quote was. But it sounded very poetic. And then mm-hmm. he said like, oh, by the way, that's Mr. Uh, Martin Scorsese's quote. Yeah, and then he got a standing applause. He or did. standing ovation. ovation. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, so if you've not watched Parasite, I would actually urge you to not listen to our review just because Ryan and I got a little excited, maybe dipped our toes into territory, spoiler territory, that we shouldn't have if you don't if you haven't seen it. And uh, it's worth going into that movie definitely unspoiled, yes. not knowing anything about it. And I'm glad we saw it in that way. Yeah, and you can rent it on YouTube for like six bucks or you can rent it on PSN for six bucks. I think it's definitely worth watching for six bucks. Yeah. I also think it's a movie that requires repeat viewings, though, over the course of probably years, because I think you're always going to get something out of it than you, that you didn't the first time. Yeah, you should rewatch it daily. Well, I th- my point in that is that it's worth owning for yeah. $20. No, I agree. Um, I rewatched at least the first portion of it last night until I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, you definitely pick up on some of the things that play into the later part of the movies that where you get the payoffs a lot more. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, did you have a nice uh, Valentine's Day yesterday, Ryan? I did. I um I had a drink. I got some Chinese food from like a local Chinese place. Hell yes, like a family owned. Apparently, it's been open for twenty five years. Well, your is... parents have been going there for the past like twenty at least, right? Yeah, since I was born, I've been eating at this place. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> little fetus me <laughs> was uh, just chowing some on some pepper steak and yeah, fried rice. Steak and fried rice. Um, so I got that. I ordered two of them, and I meant to just do two pepper steaks and a fried rice. But you got two pepper steaks and two fried rice. Yeah, on accident. So I had that for breakfast as well. You so can't let that shit go day. to waste. Yeah. And um, what else did I do? I watched some Avatar. I played some Pokemon. I hatched some seals. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what was going on there. We like talked about <laughs> Ziploc bags. You sent me a text with a picture of a Korean woman who was the, the lady in parasite mm-hmm. and you said i'm hatching some seals but you didn't spell it like s-e-a-l yeah so i had no idea what the context of that was. i was just opening ziploc bags as i was watching korean women like the sociopath you are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just going through if, hundreds if anyone, of ziploc baggies if anyone would have walked in they'd be like what the hell is going on in this place and just shut the door slowly um and then yeah that's pretty much my night and then i played some sekiro nice. this morning Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty... And I've been waiting two weeks to talk about all my Pokemon. I'm sure you have, Ryan. <laughs> You've got your little explorer journal over there where I you do. keep notes. Yes. 
So this week was a little interesting because Lauren was in Mexico for work for four days. So I had a chance to do absolutely nothing but play video games. And how was that? Wonderful. I made it through. Do you wish you were single again? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Lauren. I uh, got through four chapters, I think, in Final Fantasy XIII, making excellent progress in that. 30 hours? Yeah, so I'm about 32 hours into the game, I think, and nearing the end of chapter 10. Okay. So... Um, so you're in the free open world kind of area. Just before that. I forgot it's not chapter 10 that happens. It's chapter 11. And there's 13 chapters? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I would say that, and we'll get more into this in the games that we've been playing recently segment of the show, but I forgot how much Crystarium, which is the equivalent of experience points, yeah. how many Crystarium points you need at that point in the game to level your characters up. Because in the beginning, it's like you can farm out some some dudes, get like, Five to 6,000 uh, CP mm-hmm. and really just level up your Crystarian points significantly. But now it's to the point where you have to grind for like hours just to get from one bubble to the next. And each bubble could be plus 50 HP points to your health or plus 50 M- MP for your magic. So then did you beat that big wall boss guy? Hell yes, Barty boy. So then is it necessary to have all that grinding? Do you need that for the final boss? Have you ever beaten the final boss? Yeah, I beat the game on the Xbox 360. I actually found the final boss to be relatively easy. Probably from what I re- for hours. Probably. From what I remember, though, because there's a trophy that uh, if you get five stars in the final boss, which is really just um, uh, a measure of how quickly you defeat them, because each boss has a predetermined time limit for what they think you should beat them if you want to get all five stars. Yeah. And I ended up getting a four-star ranking on the final boss. I was like mere seconds away from getting that five-star ranking. And you actually get a gold trophy for getting five stars on that boss. Wow. So. Cool. Are you going to go for that now? Probably. Yeah, because it's not that challenging, honestly. I mean, from what I remember, the final boss, comparatively to like Barthandalus, who I consider to be one of the most challenging bosses, I think up to that point in the game, Chapter 9, that's really the biggest uh, point in the game where separate the boys from the men like if you're really going to play this game to completion here's the first boss that's going to stop you from getting there okay so nice yeah we'll get to that uh more in the probably the back half of the show we've got a packed show of otaku brothers because we only recorded a 30 minute show last week so wanted to record this episode and uh cover a few news stories a few things out there that i think were worth talking about then uh, Ryan and I, of course, are taking part in the Gentleman's Challenge over on Discord with some friends from the YouTube gaming heyday, which is good times. Ryan and I will talk about the games that we were challenged with playing. Yes. And then I want to talk about a little show called Dragon Ball that I've been watching this week. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've got some stuff you want to talk about in terms of movies and rainbow faces that don't move. And then what else do I got here? Tarkaron. I was on that podcast yeah, this week, so I want to talk about that. But cool. I also want to talk about my Valentine's Day. How was it? Beautiful. Lauren and I went to our local establishment, got a large pizza, sucked down a couple beers, went home and played Mario Party. Awesome. Which and lasted about five minutes. Yeah, that's what you're saying. What happened? Lauren got bored. Okay. <laughs> I can see that. So that was frustrating. It's not that she got bored, but Mario Party is one of those games where one, potentially ruins marriages, and two, can take forever. Mm-hmm. Because Mario Party 2 is my favorite. I have all three on the 64, but the second in particular... You can do 20, 35, and 50 turns, I believe, which turns are, of course, just each of the four characters hit the dice block, roam around the board, and then you do a mini game at the end of that turn. So to do that 20 times can take anywhere from 
45 minutes to an hour and a half, you know? It's a significant undertaking. Yeah. So we ended up just turning on the tunage, listening to some music. Uh, she actually got four sampler tequila bottles in yeah. Mexico. So we were um, we were going back and forth and taking shots of that. Cool. That's so a good time. It was a good time, yeah. And then I woke up at about 7.30 to scoob lick in my face. It's also a good time. Nice alarm clock. And uh, here we are today, Ryan. Yeah, I can um, I can watch your dog when you are, because uh, you guys are going on a trip in March. Yes, we are. Well, I think that sounds like an okay idea, but that would require you to not go to the gym any day that you have him. Yeah, it's only like a week. Yeah. So you just have to work out here. Yeah, I'll shrivel up and die, but I'll, I'll give it, I'll, I'll do it for your dog. Your swollenness will be gone, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. The hard part's going to be, yeah. He attacked me when I tried to work out here. Now, he does. He did that for me as well when I first started. So every time I do the ab wheel, every time I went out, he'd like, Simba, attack me with his, his crazy long deer legs. And then eventually it got to the point where he was like, oh, you're not doing anything to harm yourself or me. I'm just going to sit at the, the back of your legs like a good old little doggo and just wait for you. Yeah, I tried to do, um, it was a deck of cards push-up workout yeah where you have uh each suit is a type of push-up and i got into my first card and i went down and did like four push-ups and he was like under me like trying to eat my face mm-hmm. and then it just yeah devolved. that's what scooby does yeah. do you have the bowflex weights here i don't know okay you should yeah. get those and from the parents and do what i do get some mere workout going on see the pump going on in yeah. real time i could do that but yeah. Do you just lock yourself in your bathroom and work out there so the dog's out? Typically between each set, I'll go and do the wheel. Mm-hmm. So I do four sets of 25, and then after that, I alternate to do five, five, and five. So I'll do five regular rollout, and then I'll kind of turn my body a little bit. Uh, my knees, I'll shift them like 45 degrees, Yeah. but still go out. So I'm working my left oblique, mm-hmm. and then I shift to do 45 degree on the other side, so I'm hitting my right oblique. Okay. So it's just shred the abs. Yeah, I end up popping blood vessels in my face when I do ab roller. Oh my goodness, Ryan, you should probably take it easy on the abs then. Well, like it ends up you get a little I get like blood dots around my eyes because when I do it it push it puts pressure on my face. Okay. And then I like I look like I've died the next day. Well, maybe uh put that on the back burner for a while. No, but I need abs. Okay. Well, <laughs> Let's move along. Yeah, I just put glasses on the next day so it doesn't look like I've been beaten. Nice. <laughs> just walking in. I feel like an abuse victim. Just walking into work with aviators on. Yeah, like, hey, Sup, guys, guys. How's it going? Yeah. I fell down the stairs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it was my fault. No one else's. All right. This is a Door video game. Hit me. This is a video game podcast after all, and it's proudly not brought to you by Bang. Rainbow Unicorn Bang, to be exact. Fuel your destiny, Ryan. Yeah, I haven't... Wait, which one is it? The Rainbow Unicorn? Rainbow Unicorn. How is that? What flavor is Rainbow Unicorn? <laughs> it's just, it's up to your imagination, Ryan. Whatever you think it to be, it is. Okay. Hashtag You're eating gang. the blood and guts of Rainbow Dash. I am. The My Little Pony. It's it's very tasty, actually. Nice. It's fueling my destiny for this podcast, Ryan. It's cool. I just made an entire pot of coffee, assuming like the last couple of weeks that you'd be drinking some, but... 
That's cool. You're just banging it out. Well, it doesn't mean I'm going to not need a glass of coffee or a cup of coffee at the back end of the show. Okay. I'll finish this bang shortly. But Ryan, there are a few news stories I do want to talk about. Okay. One specifically is gracing the interwebs with a movie I'm not sure anyone had high expectations for. No. And that is the Sonic movie starring, well, Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. I don't know who plays um, Sonic himself or voices the character, but I think originally, you know, we saw the nasty design of Sonic and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the travesty everyone thought it was going to be. Just terrible. And then they redesigned the the character yeah. to actually look like Sonic from the... Which I give them props for. Totally. They listened to the people. They listened to the masses. They delayed the film. And they're like, you know what? We're going to do the Sonic fans right. We're going to make the character look like he should. They re-released it. It looked great. The studio shut down. The studio shut down. And it ended up getting a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critical consensus is fresh. It says... Fittingly fleet and frequently fun, Sonic the Hedgehog is a video game-inspired adventure the whole family can enjoy, and a fine excuse for Jim Carrey to tap into the manic energy that launched his career. Ryan, would you venture to guess the audience score? 2,225 people have reviewed this movie. 88. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's probably more than The Godfather. (laughs) Sonic. Better than Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Sonic. Is the Don Corleone of video games. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. The jokes all hit, and they did a lot of like callback references, mm-hmm. and it was pretty self-aware. I think they said they made fun of a Sonic meme. And I don't know if that's the... Uh, Sanic from Jeopardy. Is that what it is? Sanic and Donkey Danky Kong? Danky Kang? I don't know which one it is. I didn't. They didn't spoil it hmm. in the review I was watching, but... I don't know. I think it'd be fun for us to watch. It could be a potential Otaku Brothers review. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever play Sonic? No, Maybe we collectively game. hate that game on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. So Here's the thing. I love the idea of Sonic. Like I, I think the idea of this character who obviously is super fast hedgehog collects these rings and runs around the map. It's kind of like a, a Mario game on speed. Mm-hmm. I think that was a great first Sega to have something that could compete against Mario back in the day. But I just... I was a Nintendo kid. I grew up playing a Nintendo growing up. And so when I tried to play Sonic on a Sega Genesis at my buddy's house, it was just too fast. I couldn't control this character's speed. And then I lost all my rings and I died. And I said, screw this. This is just not for me. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think very similarly, a lot of kids who who grew up with Sega consoles, when they try to play Mario, it's just who's this floaty plumber that it just seems so slow. Floaty plumber. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. With his like green brother, who's just slightly taller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think what it is just Waluigi and uh, Wario's relationship to the Mario Luigi brothership. That's an excellent question. I don't know. Distant cousins, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We get the Nintendo lore wrong on this podcast. This is an educa- educational program, after all. What is Wario's relation to Mario? Mario Wario fan fiction. <laughs> uh, he's a counterpart of Mario, is known to be very greedy. Although he began as an antagonist, he developed into more of an anti-hero, starring his, in his own spin-off titles such as Wario Land. Okay, so they're not related. I don't think so. Wait, who's re- Yoshi related to? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, Ryan? Who knows? Yeah. Now, one of the other things I did want to talk about on the podcast this week is something I'd never 
why I'd heard of, but it was, again, kind of a myth legend in the video game realm, if you will, will and that is the Nintendo PlayStation prototype. So, okay. news got out that someone had this prototype, and they were going to auction it off for money because they were taking it across all kinds of different conventions and showcases and losing a lot of money on it because they weren't being paid to showcase it. It was more like, hey, come look at this ancient relic that I still have. So IGN wrote an article here. It says, one of the rarest pieces of gaming history, the Nintendo PlayStation is currently up for auction and has become the most expensive item in gaming history. As the auction continues, bids for the Nintendo PlayStation exceeded 105000 earlier today. That was at the time of this article officially making it the most expensive gaming item to date, according to Video Game History Foundation's Kelsey Lewin. Wow. So I brought up the actual auction itself. It is currently bidding at $350,000, with the bid ending, or the auction ending at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time, and that's February 27th. So you have about two weeks. Yeah, get your bids in, guys. Yeah, seriously. Um, so I just wanted to read a little bit about this. There's like eight paragraphs of information and history on the console, its design. I'm not going to go into all of that, but I think this first paragraph warrants reading because it's just fascinating stuff to me. So Nintendo PlayStation Super NES CD-ROM prototype, Sony and Nintendo circa 1992. At one point, this dual branded prototype's existence was mere myth, and this is the very first time it will ever be offered at public auction. It is said to be the last remaining prototype of the alleged 200 that were forged from the failed forged. from the failed joint venture between Sony and Nintendo, two of the biggest competitors in the home console video game market. Reportedly, the other prototypes have since been destroyed. We at Heritage can attest this prototype is working as we've played a couple rounds of Mortal Kombat on it using a Super Famicom cartridge. The prototype does share some exterior similarities with both the Super Nintendo and the Sony PlayStation, but it has its own unique characteristics as well. It is not only a slot for Super Famicom and Super Nintendo games, but a CD-ROM drive that was meant to play disc-based media and presumably video games as well. Cool. Though the CD-ROM drive is not currently or was not currently working when, when it was found in 2009, it has since been repaired by Benjamin Heckendorn. That's a name. A YouTube personality known for his console repair videos. It now has the ability to play music CDs like the commercially produced PlayStation, but there's no proprietary software that's known to have been made during the prototype's development. Wow. Really interesting stuff. I mean, yes. I can you imagine something that could play both PlayStation discs and Nintendo cartridges back in the day? Yeah, it's definitely worth selling your house to get the No last kidding. Like, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even think Lauren and I's first house will... Be close to 350. No. No. But I mean, wow. things like this, there are people out there that are huge video game fans, and at that point, it's just who has the deeper pockets, you yeah. know? It's, but something like this, I feel like it would be criminal to play on a regular basis. Like, I feel like I need to get like a glass shelving unit. Like bulletproof and, glass. And and a, I... Exactly. And like light shining down on it and get like this neon tint to it. Like, it'd, it'd have to be, like, a shrine in my house. Yeah, or give it to your, like, five-year-old cousin for his birthday. Yeah, you could do and that, watch too. watch him smash it up. But I just can't Ugh. imagine wanting to own something like this. No. That's, like, the same with Ferraris or, like, Lamborghinis. Mm -hmm. They, like... Ugh. I mean, that one would appreciate in value, opposed mm -hmm. to depreciate. It would. But driving it around in the equivalent of a house worth of value, or, like, having that... I'm sure it's not... 
super sturdy. It mm-hmm. has to be fragile at this point. Well, you can take a look at it here. It kind of has the look of a Super Famicom. Uh, yeah. Has the PlayStation Sony logo on it, an eject reset button, bunch of other like play start fast it's- forward for the. Holy oh crap. shit! I don't know what that was. <laughs> Fuck, dude! I just uh, scared the shit out I, of me. I hovered over the picture and it started playing music. Britney's dance beat on the PlayStation Two, man. I don't know what happened there. That was really loud and terrifying. Well, I apologize to the listeners because that was probably destroying their ears as well. Okay. But, but yeah, anyways, I thought that was worth mentioning on the podcast. If anyone is not read up on this, definitely add it to your uh, or bookmark it on your web browser. Check in on this auction. I think he was saying that he's had um, anonymous people reach out to him and offer a million dollars for this. Like, no questions asked. Wow. Like, I'm just going to write you a million dollars. Can you imagine holding on to something that's worth a million dollars? A little video game console? <sighs> I would sell that in a heartbeat. I'd sell it for a million dollars. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? There's a lot of things I'd do for a million dollars. What would you do? What wouldn't I do? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, I think I'd certainly pay off my college debt. Oh, what would I do with a million dollars? Or what would I do to get a million dollars? Oh, well, I guess... I took it as, like, what would you do? Well, I guess, what would you do, Ryan, for a million dollars? And, I don't know. I wouldn't chop off limbs or fingers or anything like that. Nothing Mm -hmm. to, like... Permanently hurt yourself? Yeah. Like, mutilate myself. But, yeah, I'd do some stuff. I don't know. Like, eating weird stuff, like, Fear Factor always freaks me out. Yeah, I don't... I wouldn't want to go down that rabbit hole. Or, uh, like... Anything with spiders, I still can't do. You can keep your million dollars, like huntsman spiders, mm-hmm. the size that are like they're the size of a hand. Yeah. In Australia, nope. Would you go skydiving? Yeah. Into shark infested waters. So you land in shark infested waters, and you're kind of just chilling there for like five minutes, but then you have a boat that automatically rips you out of the water. No. Yeah. I would. Yeah, like the potential of death. <laughs> Hey, I will give you a million dollars if you don't die. Cool. Um, no. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I hate, well, I love the idea of sharks, like Sonic the Hedgehog, but I don't want to swim with them. Um, yeah, maybe sharks are cuddly. They could be. Yeah, like uh, crocodiles. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, apparently their stomach acid is like high enough molar to div- dissolve bones. This is, this is an educational program, folks. Yeah, go be eaten. But uh, what would you do with a million dollars? Not what would you do for? Probably quit my job and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd probably um, invest. I mean, a million dollars you can't retire on. So I'd probably invest it, let it gain interest okay so apart from like the smart responsible adult things you have to have a little bit of a happy fun all right so yeah i've always wanted to try brokeraging okay again getting away from the bullshittery no that sounds like a ton of fun okay well for for people that like aren't ryan okay yeah non-fun related stuff i would invest in fancy paints and just stare at them for the rest of my life (laughs) cool (laughs) and then i buy a bunch of carrots and raw i'd probably buy that ps4 uh or ps PlayStation Nintendo thing for a million bucks. Okay. Um, no, I'd probably probably just trek all over Europe 
and see every country like go hiking in the alps um australia freaks me out because of all the weird animals so probably new zealand Mm, yeah um even though there's a lot of terrifying things there yeah i probably just explore europe okay you can you can do a lot with a million dollars you could i mean i'd probably have like a 50k just spree of whatever the hell i wanted to do whether that's traveling whether that's uh a hot ticket item I wanted to get. I don't know what I'd do, but I'd probably do a hundred k. Yeah, ticket tickets alone are like five thousand. That's true. And then it's expensive expensive to stay over there, and plus you're going to be eating a shit ton of food. Mm-hmm. But you can also like take train rides for like a couple hours in a different country. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I think a hundred k setting that aside and nine hundred k of being responsible with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I do want to pick up brokeraging before I'm 30. Okay. Just for fun. We'll definitely report back on the podcast because that just sounds like riveting stuff that everyone wants to hear about on this video game podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, no. for dividends. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Ryan. I have one more quick news story I wanted to bring up. Okay. And that is Matt Reeves' Batman test footage of Robert Pattinson playing the Batman yeah. showed this week. And it was like a weird... It almost seemed like you were in one of those photo rooms where uh, photographers develop photos. Mm-hmm. It was kind of this like really dark room. red, tw- yeah, red tint to it, and he kind of just walked up to the camera. And I think maybe the most interesting thing of note is his chest piece. Rumors are going around that it's actually based on co- a comic book, yeah. and I'm not super well versed in the, in the comic book world, but apparently this was Detective Comics number one thousand. And Batman, I'm going to read this here. What he ended up doing, this is kind of part of his origin story, I believe. He said, I'm going to make that metal pay for his, uh, for its sins. And metal, speaking to the gun that killed his parents in the alley after yeah. the play, he said, I'm going to burn the metal that killed my parents and forge it into something useful. So the metal that broke my heart as a child, that same metal will protect my heart as a man. And he molds it into the bat symbol and then puts it into his chest plate. So even if he were to get shot... You know, theoretically survive. Yeah. And if you zoom into Robert Pattinson's chest plate, it looks as if it's kind of like the hilt of a gun. I have it up here. It looks like it could potentially be yeah. pieces of a handgun. So I think yet to be confirmed by Matt Reeves or Robert Pattinson, but if that's the case, and just given Robert Pattinson's age and size, I think it would make sense if there was this was more of an origin tale of Batman earlier on than it was like he's been batman for however many years yeah i was talking to uh steven hopler crap can you blur out his last name yeah okay because everyone's gonna be rushing to the interwebs to uh, search steven's name okay yeah just like he's the same one who i lied to about uh parasite just like they're gonna be searching rusty lewis and ryan cole and whoa pete and pete door and scooby-doo don't ddos me yeah (laughs) uh now I lost my train of thought. Talk to Steven. Something about Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying that he, well, Robin Pattinson is tinier than the previous Batmans. So it's going to be more of like a detective, like have a bunch of villains opposed to like one overarching like Bane the entire movie. Okay. Or Joker. It's going to be multiple villains like mm-hmm. Penguin and the guy with the face mask who sprays people with stuff. Scarecrow? Yeah. Well, I believe Colin Farrell is the Penguin. Okay. Um, 
they may have cast the Riddler as well. I can't remember. Oh, the Riddler. That's who it is. But, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Robert Pattinson. Uh, say what you will about the Twilight movies, but I think he is a great actor apart from all that garbage. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was in Harry Potter too before he was shiny. That's right. So, he was pretty good as Cedric Diggory. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, it didn't last long. I mean, the Avada Kedavra will do that to you. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he took it like a champ. He I did. Guess. He sure did. He grabbed onto that port key like a, a boss. Well, he really didn't necessarily. Well, I guess. His dead fingers grabbed onto the port key like a boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was watching a video when you came in. It was about the PS5. And they're saying basically the the actual components of it cost about four hundred and fifty bucks. I did see that. That's yeah. kind of freaky. I think they're saying it's so expensive because the iPhones are picking up with grabbing a lot of the same resources that they need for like chips and things. Okay. So they're basically competing for those materials. So it's increasing the cost. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you have two industries pulling from the same what silicon or whatever they are using that's expensive yeah probably rare earth metals yeah well to build on that uh so i guess the, the first piece to that speaking to the price if they're going to turn a profit this is pro- six probably going to be a, i mean 50 bucks is still a good profit yeah i guess if you're selling 106 million of them like you did with the ps4 hey, what's 50 bucks of let's see it's still wild to me though that like just seeing the the spread for video game consoles right now, like PS4 versus Xbox One versus Switch. I think Switch just surpassed the Super Nintendo for lifetime sales of wow. like 45 or 50 million or something like that, which I think has already exceeded Xbox One. Like, don't quote me on that, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure. And we've, we've gotten into the, the console debate a million times in this podcast, but... Yeah, I mean, like 50 bucks would be close to a 10% profit margin. Which is pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. I don't know what it's historically been for them. Cost but versus. I could see them doing like six hundred bucks. Yeah, I could too. But there's the video I was watching. The like you can get a a PS4 Pro for four hundred. Mm-hmm. So why pay another hundred bucks for a new PS5? Well, there's most likely nothing on it. Yeah, and th- I'm also reading rumors that well, the Ubisoft CEO or. Someone at Ubisoft, one of the head executives, was saying that nearly all PS4 games will be backwards compatible on PS5. Mm-hmm. He didn't go into anything more about PS3, 2, and 1, like whether it's going to be comprehensive across all libraries. But if most of the PS4 library is backwards compatible, I'd be willing to buy in because it's similar to some of these other consoles. I wouldn't be sacrificing the previous console's backwards compatibility for that. Because, like, right now, I can't play PS3 games on my PS4. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm really losing nothing by trading my PS4 and just getting the 5. I can still play my current library of PS4 games on it. Yeah. With the added benefit of playing that next generations of games. However, I'm also reading that across Xbox One and PlayStation 4, there's not going to be a whole lot of games day one that aren't also coming out for the current gen consoles. Yeah, that's And for me, faster um, loading times and up graphics... Just a smidge isn't worth me shoving out $600. Yeah, I think for the first year on Xbox, there's going to be nothing. Yeah, exclusive. Yeah. So by then it'll come down in price. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to buy a PS5 right off the bat. I'll wait 
Because there's plenty of things to play. Well, like in I, Jen's challenge is not a uh, a list that I've yet to play. Well, and I've been snagging up PS3 games like nobody's business because they are dirt cheap. Whether you're going into GameStop and buying them off the shelves, most of the games that, not like the the ones that are held in the highest of regards, but even like the Uncharted games and stuff like that, you can get those for pennies now. Mm -hmm. And I've been getting a lot of games, like I created a spreadsheet of all my my wish list of games. Oh, Aiden also has your Uncharted. I know he does, yeah. Trust me, I keep a list of who has what. Um, but I have a video game wish list here of like 10, 15 games. I got the, the Dead Space trilogy for 30 bucks. Um, I got Alpha Protocol, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, Rango, which is a great 3D platformer based on the, uh, the film of the same name. Just a ton of these games are so cheap. So I have no reason to invest in a new console where I'm going to be paying probably $70 for every new game. When I have an entire console library of games I haven't even dipped my toes into, yeah. where each game is four, five, six bucks a piece. Did you want me to get my, or we can go through when we're at the, the parents. parents tonight, the PS3 games? Yeah, because I th- I'd love to play through the Mass Effect trilogy again, and I think you have that on PS3. Yeah. Um, I'd like to play... Star uh, Wars. Yeah, The Force Unleashed, and then what was that shooter by Bethesda... Um, Graphically very impressive. Started with an R, I think. One word. Rage. Rage. Yeah. I want to play that. I had that one. So That was a ton of fun. You can gamble. I know. You went on and on about that in the podcast. I did. It's amazing. Gambling. Pick it up, guys. <laughs> gamble away your life savings because most likely you're going to win and then you can buy the Nintendo PlayStation, PlayStation system for 350000 which is only a weekend away in Vegas. That's true. Yeah. But there's also two weeks left of bidding on that auction, so it's probably going to go up to a million. Yeah, but I mean, with the winnings you're obviously going to get, <laughs> you could easily get a million dollars to just DM the dude. We are in no way obligated to pay your gambling losses. Yeah, please gamble responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Ryan. Yeah. Dude, gambling sucks. Like, we gambled on the cruise, and I lost 20 bucks in like... Because I went in with, hey, I have 20 bucks, and this is all I'm going to spend. And we played the one with, like, the sexy dudes on the front, like the sexy angel guys. Yeah. Lost, I mean, 20 bucks. In, like, three minutes. Yeah, it was not fun at all. You clicked a button. I think you were like, go big, bet high, and then we won, like, 13 bucks, and then we lost that. So we technically lost, like, 33 bucks. Yeah. That's how gambling works. By lost, (laughs) I mean we won... From the joy that we had of seeing those numbers go down. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Not a big gambler. Not a big yeah, gambler. but like, in all reality, that $20 was probably infected by whatever diseases we had. That's that true. caused us. So, we probably actually infected more people. Yeah, because they would have gotten that money then We're in just turn. spreading the love. <laughs> That's right. That's all we were trying to do in the, the cruise yeah. in Alaska. Ryan, a couple things happened this week. One was Rusty was on the Tark Run podcast. Mm-hmm. Great friends of mine, Alec, Zach, uh, Chronolink, as he's known on the podcast, but I was on their podcast on YouTube, also on Anchor now. Cool. And Spotify and all those other podcasting platforms. But yeah, I was. So just the MP3 version of it? Yes. Okay. But if you want to go on YouTube and see our beautiful faces, yes. you can do That's that. It's important. As well. It is. It really adds to the discussion, I think. Like I you think and so I too. see. There's each a other. lot of background stuff mm-hmm. that I noticed. It's definitely worth 
You're like an I spy. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. from Zach's room. But uh, anyways, I'm going to be reviewing with them all of the future live action uh, Disney movies. Okay. And so back when Lion King came out over the summer, we reviewed that. It was great. Which I actually gave it a 6.5. It was that good. It was a 6.5. It was worth, it earned its 6.5 rating. But anyways, this week we reviewed the much anticipated Lady and the Tramp, which of course debuted with Disney+. Plus. Did they sing the Siamese song? It was not in the film. Probably because it's racist. <laughs> yeah. So if you go back and watch the original 1955 Lady and the Tramp, you'll notice that there's a lot of things that wouldn't fly today, including that song. Yeah, I think that's why they got rid of the uh, the dragon in Mulan, was because the people are like, you're basically making fun of our heritage. Uh, so that's why they phoenix. put a phoenix and like a witch. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not going to ask questions. Yeah. But anyways, Lady and the Tramp, I feel like if there's ever a Disney movie that didn't need a live action remake, this was it. Like it just seemed completely unnecessary. So I kind of went in with zero expectations. And I think that's the the best lens you can go into this movie with because it's just about dogs and two dogs fall in love that are in completely two opposite sides. One's part of like this wealthy establishment or this wealthy family that she gets love all the time. And then you have this tramp that's just living on the streets. But it's a super wholesome, cute Disney movie. I loved it. I, nice. I thought it was a really good time. If you're looking for a good movie, just kind of like background noise, you know, it's not super riveting stuff. You're not going to get really invested in the plot, but it's a cute movie. So it's all CGI. They didn't like train real dogs. Here's why I give the director far more credit than I do The Lion King. While John Favreau does an amazing job with the CGI effects of both The Jungle Book and The Lion King, this film actually had real dogs. Really? Yeah. So they use real dogs. Obviously, they touch up the mouths because they couldn't get the dogs to talk and, you know. It sounds like lack of training. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they had real dogs on screen. So like, I really felt that Lady and Tramp, the two dogs, had good on-screen chemistry together and how they were able to get them to... They should date. Maybe they like Tinder dating. Well, how they were able to get them to interact the way they did is really a testament to the trainers that that helped make it happen and the director that was able to direct the scenes. I don't know how we did it, but um, I mean, there were obviously some scenes where there was not an actual dog on screen. It was pretty noticeable. The budget for this film was far less than you like the the Lion King and the Jungle Book and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure the Lion King would have been more expensive if you had train real lions, Mm -hmm. like a pack of lions to like want to attack each other without murdering each other and then like light up, up Scar well, and to casually like, have a meerkat and a warthog chilling with a <laughs> giant ass lion, I don't think it's gonna like, happen. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah. and then Rafiki, having him jump around and sing mm-hmm. with his bead staff. Yeah, good luck training a monkey to do that. But no, I thought Lady <laughs> the Tramp was a really good time. I think if you're looking for just a wholesome Disney live action film, I actually gave it an eight out of ten. Wow. I liked it more than Lion King. The Lion King was very, very disappointing. What's the best live-action movie you've seen? Of, I mean, Disney. Disney? Uh, I haven't seen Aladdin yet. That was pretty good. Beauty and the Beast is probably up there. I'd probably give that that a 7.58. You did not like that one? I did like that one. Oh, okay. Dumbo is probably like a 10 out of 10. God, fuck. It was (laughs) awful. It was really bad. I Tim Burton think, sucks ass. I didn't think it was that bad. Okay, I thought it was fine. It was cringy. Like, if you like Tim Burton, you'll like the movie. But like at the same time, it was not good. 
I was never a fan of Dumbo, but like the LSD trip was cool. Yeah, was, okay. when I popped LSD <laughs> midway through the thing. Yeah, with like the little um, what did they do? They're like blowing bubbles, and they turned into that like acid trip song that they do in the original. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, watch cool. Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> I think it was actually a good time. I liked it more than The Lion King, so that's all I'll say about it. But speaking of Discord, the Tarkaron podcast, the Gentleman's Challenge, Ryan. It was a hell of a segue. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted to reel us back in from LST trips and Dumbo, <laughs> and that was the yeah. best way to do it. So, that's fair. Ryan, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, that we um, are taking part in the Gentleman's Challenge, which, of course, is something that we do on Discord with Zach and Chronolink and a bunch of other folks, where we list 15 games in our backlog. And Zach did something unique this time where he threw them all in a, like a voting forum thing. Yeah. And we each got to vote for other people's games. So one game got three votes, one game got two votes, and one game got one vote. And then Zach kind of aggregated it all out to figure out which two games got the most votes. And I was tasked with playing, or the two games that got the most votes for me were Super Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch and Golden Sun on the Game Boy Advance. Awesome. And uh, my two games were uh, playing through the first Spyro game and playing through Sekiro. Nice. And how's that going for you? Great. I am enjoying the heck out of Sekiro. Are you? Yeah. So I previously, like a year ago, I was stuck on the Great Ape. Or, uh, yeah, the, the Great Ape. And he's pretty much a wall for all the new players. And I think I was more intimidated by it than what... I don't know. I maybe tried five or six times, which is just a lack of persistence. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's no way. Because I wasn't even getting close, like a quarter of the way through. And then I got this task, and it's kind of forcing me to play through it and kind of push through that wall. And the first attempt, I ended up getting to the second phase, Mm -hmm. which I'd never done previously. And then the second attempt, playing the Great Ape, I was like one hit away on its second phase to beating it. I'm like, wow, I've actually improved. Yeah. And like going through the bosses, like the first couple of bosses are really meant to teach you different things. Yeah. So like the first um, main line boss, so there's a lot of mini bosses, but there's the first main boss is a dude on a horse. And it teaches you to, I don't think you ever got there. I was going to say, I don't think I ever got there. Yeah. Um, It teaches you about spears um grappling to enemies and things because the spears are used all the way through the game and then there's like a mini boss that teaches you how to makiri counter and each boss kind of teaches you a different aspect of the game all leading up to the final boss that kind of has all of them so it's really just teaching you and it's it's really well done and right before we started recording i ended up beating the owl um your father on top of the tower because i'm doing instead of i was debating doing the easy ending mm-hmm. or the not easy but the shorter game uh which is the shura ending so you basically say yo dad i'll side with you let's get the boy for ourselves and then you fight the final boss but i said yo dad go fuck yourself okay i'm gonna protect the kid and then your dad's like oh that's sad let me murder you so then you have to kill your dad. So your dad's an owl? Yeah, your dad's an owl. Was your mom a human? You don't know who your mom is. You were 
immaculately conceived okay through your dad the, and then he gave birth to you like a kidney stone <laughs> hashtag from software gosh these games are so screwed no, up. no 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 if, i mean if you remember the beginning of the game you're the owl the big dude with the braid hair mm-hmm. found you on the battlefield and he's like hey you're a lone wolf like oh. an orphan kid and he takes you in and trains you as a shinobi gotcha and then he turns into a bird and flies off after you <laughs> Refuse to eat his regurgitated food. Nice. From his face. <laughs> <laughs> I would say... Well, now I'm, I'm super excited that I beat the owl. I beat him on my like third attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to platinum the game now. Because the... Having tried all like the mini-bosses and doing more mini-bosses, the second playthrough is going to be really easy. Okay. Because you, you end up understanding the pattern and you get used to blocking... And, like, that rhythm of the game and being really aggressive, like, more so than Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say where Bloodborne is probably my favorite, this is better than Dark Souls. Really? Yeah. I find it far more enjoyable. Okay. Having played more of it. Um, so I have a couple more bosses until I get to the final fight, final fight. And I'm trying to go for, like, the hardest ending so I can clear out uh, most of the other bosses and then i'll probably do on my first playthrough game file the short ending so i could get those final that final boss Mm -hmm. and then i'll have the trophy for all bosses nice so then really it's just that's two endings out of the way i'll have two other endings which is the long version have you looked at the trophies to figure out yeah are there any very specific gameplay ones like you need to counter this person 45 times or no something? it's really like kill all bosses or mini bosses okay which gets you all the prayer beads which is one of them kill all bosses get all four um endings which is the same as like dark souls mm-hmm. um and the same as bloodborne they always have you get all the endings Besides that, not really. Like, it's get all the shinobi tools, mm-hmm. which I already have. Get all the shinobi techniques, which I have. And then, like, max out everything, which is going to take the longest. But if you're playing through four times, you're going to get all these, like, lapis, which is, like, the end game. You can only get in a few places. So Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth trying again. I think we should play it through as, like, sitting next to each other, like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because... It's, uh, Star Wars kind of allowed you to dip your toes in to that pairing mechanic. Which I liked, yeah. Yeah. And this one with the grapple hook and everything, it's just oh, it's so good. Okay. Um, but, I, yeah, I was thinking about it. And I understand the mechanics. So if we were to play side by side, you'd play probably the first five attempts so you could start learning those mechanics. Mm-hmm. And then we'd switch off after that. Okay. So I'm not like, hey, I know how to parry. Let us let me kill the boss the first time and you don't get to. So you don't actually learn. Gotcha. So. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, when I first played it, it just looked like a world I wanted to explore. I was just cut off by the, the mere difficulty of it all. Yeah. It is a steep learning curve. Um, but oh, it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I don't want to say it's better than Bloodborne because... It's been a while since I've played Bloodborne. Yeah. But I'm enjoying the parrying aspect so much. And, like, when I was fighting the owl on my third attempt, it was so natural just to automatically parry everything. And I was parrying it 
seamlessly that mm-hmm. you're like, wow, I'm actually getting better at this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's a ton of fun. Definitely worth playing or trying. Yeah, no, I'll um, give it another shot. I have inserted Spyro. I'm sure it's going to be just as difficult. Clearly. Yeah. And then, yeah, those are my two games. Very nice. I mean, you could honestly have your, have two Platinum trophies on your hands because the Platinum for Spyro is pretty easy. You could probably do it in about 12 hours. Yeah. I, it's going to be hard for me to get out of the Sekiro mode after beating Sekiro the first time. And I'll probably not play Spyro, and I'll probably just beat Sekiro a few times to get the Platinum. Well, I will say more often than not, as part of the gentleman's challenge, it's rare that someone becomes what they call a supreme gent that ends up beating both games they're tasked with. Yeah, so, I mean, no I really, if I really want to, I could beat Spyro in a sitting or a weekend. It's like six hours. Yeah, you don't need to get the Platinum. But I really want to get the Platinum because I want to explore the hell out of this game. Yeah. And like... Just going through the game. Well, I said you, I meant you didn't need to get the platinum in Spyro. Like you could just oh. run through it in like five hours. That's true. But if you need a break, if you, if there's a boss that's really just frustrating you to no end, yeah, pop in Spyro for a bit. Yeah, I think the final boss from what I've been watching. I mean, I know what it is. It's uh, Sword Saint Ishin is the one guy. He's actually in the first cutscene. Okay. Um, he's a dude who like stabs the dude with the spear in the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up in that final fight using that spear. Okay. So he's using the spear from the first cutscene and the spear from the horse guy, the first boss. So like they really ease you into it. Yeah. But I'm excited. Nice. Well, I'm sure we'll hear more about Sekiro next week. Yeah. So for me, again, I was tasked. I keep hitting my um. Wow, that was my, a my pop filter thing. Abusive hit on it was. That mic. Um, with the duct tape. So. Yeah, it, this thing just doesn't... The pop filter doesn't stay connected to the, the Yeti mic very well. Yeah. So I kind of like jerry-rigged it and duct-taped it. Okay. But anyways, so I was tasked with playing Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch and Golden Sun on the Game Boy Advance. Like you with Spyro, I probably will not get to Golden Sun because I've been playing so much of Final Fantasy XIII. Mm-hmm. And while I started it on PC last year and didn't finish it, I really do want to play this to completion on yeah. the PS3. One, to get the trophies, and secondly, because I feel like I'm so much more invested now than I was on the PC just because I prefer the couch experience of playing a game versus like sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. Anyways, Super Mario Odyssey last weekend, Lauren was just kind of like, I need a night to sit out and play Gilmore Girls or not play Gilmore Girls, play Dragon Quest and watch Gilmore Girls. So I was like, sure, whatever. I'll go into the bedroom and play some Super Mario Odyssey. Pete was doing an eBay stream. It was a perfect night. I played about three hours of Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. Really enjoyed my time with it. I wouldn't say it it wowed me as much as the first time I played Super Mario Galaxy. Okay. However, that moment when you get to Fossil Falls, just the draw distances and seeing the mountains in the background with the foggy tops and all the water coming down, breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, it was so beautiful. I couldn't believe that a 3D Mario game looked that good. I mean, Mario Galaxy, graphically, very impressive. Yeah. But this is just a whole other ballgame. I think it looks amazing. So how do you like the mechanic of chucking a hat at things? Freaking awesome. Right? So, I mean, but so often I forget that I have that ability. So, like, there were some moments I was in the Sand Kingdom, mm-hmm. which I think is the third place that you end up getting to. Yeah. And there were these bullet bills that were coming after me and I had to get to this other ledge that was not in jumping distance. And I'm like, what the heck? These stupid bullet bills keep trying to hit me 
and I have to get to this ledge on the other side. And it's like, and I feel bad. I looked up a YouTube video. I'm like, how do I get through this? And it's like, oh, Rusty, duh. The core mechanic of the game. <laughs> you literally throw your hat on the bullet bill. You yeah. you take control of him, and then you get to the other side, and then you seamlessly press the Y button or whatever you press, jump off, and go on your merry way. Yeah. It's, it's so seamlessly blended into the game that, again, you forget you even use it, but it doesn't seem forced. It just seems so natural, and I just love, like... You gotta love Nintendo. It's very much like Pixar and what they do with their their movies. It's just kind of like, yeah, how has that not been done before? Yeah. In a three D platforming game, and I think the level designs, while I've only been in like three or four different worlds, incredibly inventive. Some mm-hmm. of Nintendo's most inventive worlds to date in Mario games. Fossil Falls was amazing. You see this giant T Rex just chilling, taking a nap up on a giant hill. You just chuck your hat and get to control it. A T-Rex for like a few minutes. Yeah. And then you hop off him, you get you bulldoze this giant boulder boulder, and then you walk up to this wall and you see this what seems like an eight-bit Mario game. You go into a pipe and then you're in this 2D plane playing a 2D Mario game, and then you get to the top of this hill, you pop off of the uh the little pipe, and you're back into the 3D world again. Yeah, I thought that was an amazing callback to have. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just I love the idea of in Super Mario sixty four, of course, you'd go into these picture frames and you would be tasked with getting one star and then you'd be spit out of the picture frame. Then you'd have to jump back in to kind of kickstart getting this new star. Mm-hmm. Similar to Super Mario Sunshine as well. Yeah. It, you know, um, and instead in this, you kind of just thrust into this huge open world, this level, and there's like 80 moons for each level you could potentially be getting. Yeah. Now, it always kind of focuses like, hey, here's the one moon you're trying to get to. Yeah, and it's it, generally like an enemy. Yeah, it's like an enemy or like a mini boss that you have to get to. Yeah. Um, and it kind of does this pan out shot of like where it is on the map. So it's okay, that's generally speaking where I need to go. But from the, here to there, you could potentially get like 15 moons along yeah, the like way. Yeah, like herding sheep. Yeah. Getting all the sheep in one corner and you're like, cool, moon. Talking to like just random NPCs around the map, and they're just like, "Oh, if you do this, I have this like shiny little thing that I could give you." And you're like, "Oh, okay." Do a little task for them. They just chuck a moon at you. Yeah, I like the outfits as well. Oh, so good. Yeah. You have like the uh, sombrero. Yep, I got the sombrero. Um, I got this nice little purple gown and a really crazy hat, as if you're kind of like a a pimp. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, you kind of look like that. I didn't think about it, but um. Yeah, there's the pimp just, of moons. <laughs> there's so much that you could potentially collect in this game. Uh, love the level design. Platforming is as tight as ever as you'd expect from a Nintendo Mario platformer. And the music is spot on. Yeah. Very fitting for each world. So I'm looking forward to playing more. And I think this is about a 10 to 12 hour game if you kind of want to just beat the base game without collecting all the moons. Yeah. But there's like 888 moons or something stupid like that. Yeah. I think you can max out your moons. Yeah. And there's like a post game as well. Oh, is so, there? Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I want to try and play one specific song. So forgive me if, yep, this is it. So it's the first song that plays in the game. Um, you're kind of thrust into what seems like a graveyard nightmare before Christmas like level. Yeah. And this just kind of reminds me of John Williams' score to either like Home Alone or like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone during um, like Halloween. It's just really yeah. pretty neat. So check this out. Thank you. 
yeah, so definitely set the mood well for the first level. And uh, yeah, excited to play more. Nice. Good yeah. stuff. But enough about us, Ryan. We need the listeners to have their voices heard. And they can do that in a number of ways. They can write into the podcast at otakabrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We have not gotten any emails in a while, so send us an email. Whether you want us to talk about a particular topic, ask us a question, send us an audio question, anything that makes the show better, you can also hop in on the Discord where we have a weekly polling question. Or you can just get in on the fun discussion um, that we have going on there. Link is in the show notes below. But this week, I figured because of the best or the Oscars, it was a good time to check in with people and to figure out what their favorite movies were last yeah. year. And what what I failed to do was actually look at movies beyond what was nominated for Best Picture. I just thought like, oh, it makes the most sense to just whatever the Academy figured was Best Picture. That's what I should throw on the the, the polling question. Yeah, it's like Rotten Tomatoes. Everything they say is good is good. That's right. Listeners um, are bad. But the the uh, the the movies that I selected were The Joker. Okay. 1917, The Irishman. 1917. That's the World War One movie directed oh, by... Oh, you saw that? I didn't, no. I, I didn't see all these movies. Oh, these are the direct... Okay. Yeah. I thought you were reading your list. So, so these like... are the potential movies that people could have voted for. Yeah. The Joker, 1917, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Toy Story 4, Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, Rise of Skywalker, or other share in Discord. Did um the marriage movie win anything? I don't think it did. Okay. Netflix altogether did not win a whole lot. Yeah, suck at Netflix. But Ryan, out of those movies, what would you select? Just because for which topic? Uh, your favorite movie of the year. Out of those, most I mean, Joker was really good, but it was hard. I couldn't watch that again. No, in anytime soon. Um, I really liked Parasite. Okay. Toy Story 4 was a good time. I mean, it, it wrapped up everything so well. And Key and Peele are awesome. Yeah, they are. And stuffed animals. Um, it's probably because I just saw Parasite. And I'm still like going off of that. I Honestly, Parasite for me, I think, is going to be a 2020 list. Just because fair. I watched it in 2020, even though it came out last year. Mm. Okay. So. I heard the 1917 one was like a singular shot. Yeah, it was like one continuous. Yeah. Which is insane. It is. Um, I think they did like six months of planning and like just running through it mm-hmm. without actually acting it. Imagine having to be on point acting for like an hour and a half. It's nuts. Probably Toy Story then. Okay, so Ryan votes Toy Story. Oh, I can't vote again because I already voted. So maybe next time, Ryan, you should look at the Discord and actually vote. Yeah, it's my bad. That'd be appreciated. So only five people voted this week. Two votes for Rise of Skywalker, two votes for Other, and one vote for Parasite. Okay. Only one person posted in the Discord. Nick Knack, he writes into the show quite a bit. Friend of the show. He wrote a novel here, so bear with us. Although my Twitter name states that I'm a, uh, I'm a stan for Parasite, my favorite film of 2019 is the Oscars' biggest snub, and that's Uncut Gems. This was a movie I had no feelings at at first due to Adam Sandler being the main actor, but after finding out later that this title was directed by the guys behind a 2017 movie called Good Time, I finally watched it once I had the time, and all I have to say uh, is that this is a good film. This film follows a New York 
jeweler named Howard who's addicted to gambling. Speaking of gambling. Yes. And after obtaining a rare jewel, he comes up with this plan to make big money selling it. However, things go wrong and the movie consists of Howard digging himself a deeper hole he can't get out of. It's just exhilarating as the plot feels fresh and is paced really well with no stops and Howard trying to solve the conflict. It also helps with the protagonist being a standout character and he's a giant asshole and props to Adam Sandler because he is phenomenal in this film. Many people are saying that he is his, it's his best performance to date and if you followed his filmography, I'd say that's a fact. Touching on other notable things, the soundtrack at first felt weird but soon grew on me and fit perfectly and hot damn, the ending was excellent. I can't really say anything bad about Uncut Gems and off topic, if you're in the need for a movie that's a tense roller coaster, check out the aforementioned Good Time on Netflix. I don't think I've heard of Good Time. Good Time. Is that like a Netflix exclusive? And here to Nick Knack's point, he brought something up that I just failed to consider when I was drafting up the polling question. He said, it's also kind of funny that Endgame wasn't a proper choice on the poll. LOL. Sorry for the long-winded answer, and as always, keep up with the great work, sirs. Again, no email is too long on the Otaku Brothers podcast. Um, Good Time was a uh, Robert Pattinson movie. Was it? Yeah. All right. Well, we will have to give that a watch. Got a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. Let me... He's blonde. Good Time movie. Huh. Yeah, I've never, never seen that. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. Ryan, what I failed to do many, many episodes ago was talk about my favorite, 10 favorite movies of the year. So I'm going to kind of rattle off that list. Nothing overly surprising here. I think Ryan and I largely talked about each of these films over the course of all our episodes last year. So coming in at number 10 is Pet Cemetery. It's not oh. great. I would say it's okay. It's a nice reimagining of the original in the 80s, mm-hmm. a movie that scared the living daylights out of me as a six-year-old child. Yeah, it made you who you were. Just really terrified. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, I thought there were some little touches and changes to the overall story that um, it was just a nice reimagining for new audiences. Yeah, I just wish it was a little bit longer. Um, it ends, you understand where it ends, but I wish you could have, it could have continued maybe like 15 minutes more. Yeah, it does rather, it ends rather a abruptly i would say mm-hmm. however i'm not sure how well it did in the box office but if it did well enough my guess is they'll probably do a second one yeah so number nine for me is the lion king okay it underwhelmed tremendously but i think just the sense of anticipation seeing my favorite childhood movie um reimagined in live action i thought it was done well enough to the point where it was enough to make my list mm-hmm. um it's a fun movie to go back to but it's not a movie i'm going to go back to as much as the disney classic yeah or the sure. animated classic i should say number eight is a movie you and i watched together jordan peele's us yeah that was a good one really good i'm not sure if it's a movie i can go back to as often as get out but or i thought parasite it, it's kind or of parasite just, yeah it's, i mean we're just i'm saying parasite a lot but like it's kind of the same genre, mm-hmm. almost. The weird, like, out-of-the-box, make-you-think kind of movie. It is. So, And but. the story is just unlike anything we've, at least I personally, have ever seen. And I think the concept is just really interesting. Yeah. The music was really well done. It really set you at the edge of your seat. Yeah, just the high strings, you know? Yeah. That just sense of, like, unease. And actually, largely inspired NF's... 
um, the Search album. A lot oh. of his songs kind of have that intense high string kind of stuff going on. Let's go back and listen to that. But uh, number seven, we've talked about it already on this podcast. Just emotionally exhausting, but my goodness, Joaquin Phoenix certainly deserves best actor for it in The Joker. Yeah, I thought Todd Phillips coming away from um, filmography. You look at his IMBD and he has The Hangover on his resume. To go from something like that, that's just so um, raunchy, comedy focused, to something that's dark and depressing like The Joker. Yeah, there are a lot of parallels between. Yeah, <laughs> the definitely Joker a, a stark, and Hangover. A stark contrast, but I felt like again, I walked away from this emotionally exhausted just because of how heavy the movie is and just the, the journey that they take. Um, you know his character on it, it was great but it's not something that i can come back to like the dark knight yeah it's not like a fun like hey you want some background noise of mental illness you're yeah. like ah. i mean that's why i go back to avatars because it's just it's fun noise in the background while you're playing a game or grinding out some beads or whatever you, you're grinding mm-hmm. in uh, final fantasy but like crystarium yeah yeah crystarium um yeah, it's not a good background Mm-mm. for rewatchability. But it was really well done the first time you watch it. And a phenomenal score. I actually believe the composer did win Best Composer for that. Wow. Which I'm certainly deserving. Very deserving. Number six for me, I'm a huge fan of rom-coms. And this was certainly the best one I watched last year. Potentially one of my top five. And always be my maybe. Oh. Did you end up watching this? I didn't. Ali no. Wong is in it. She's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did see that. That's the one with um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is in it. Yeah. Which is one of the best reveals ever. Yeah. he, The main actor, I'm pretty sure, played um, the North Korean leader in one of the... Uh, who's that guy who makes all the, like, your highness? I don't know. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Well, I thought it was a great film. Um Definitely hilarious, and if you're looking for a fun date night movie, definitely worth your watch. Number five, coming in at number five, you want to figure this out first? I don't, I don't know what you're going to... No, it's um the same actor who is in the first Planet of the Apes. What's that guy's name? I have no fucking clue, Ryan. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. A random Korean dude that's been in movies. Oh, yes, I know exactly who you're talking okay. about. Okay, never mind. I will, uh, I'll come to it next time. Okay, find out next week on the Talking Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Number five for me is Toy Story 4. I know no one wanted another Toy Story movie, but Disney be Disney, Pixar be Pixar. I thought, even though they didn't have a lot of the secondary toys front and center in this film, I thought they added new characters that added so much to the movie. And just seeing kind of Bo Peep's backstory of her being sold and then you know Woody being reunited with her... The final moments of the movie are just gut-wrenching. I mean, I was... I We literally had to leave the theater because I was like, Ryan, I can't stay for the credits. Yeah. I'm crying. This is just too much for me. Um, I'm not going to go into the details or specifics if you haven't seen it. Now you have no excuse because it's on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was a terrific send-off to those characters. Yeah, I think it was the opening scene with the rain and Woody's like under the car and you're like, wow, animation has come so far from oh the goodness. first Toy Story. Yeah. I mean, even uh, the, the first Toy Story was, like, revolutionary enough, mm-hmm. you know? If you ever go through Pixar's evolution of each one of the movies and what they've had to do... I don't know if you've talked about this on the podcast, but, like, what each movie has done for their animation mm-hmm. and, like, the technology they had to produce or make from scratch to produce it. Like, you have 
Incredibles, where like the hair, you can watch the hair animation. And then they went to Monsters Inc., where they had to improve it significantly for like Sully and mm-hmm. stuff. There's YouTube videos that kind of walk through every incremental like animation evolution, and it's really fascinating. Oh, awesome! Well, even Brave is another one. Yeah, that character's hair. I can't remember. Um, I wish more people saw Brave. Me too. Public service announcement: If you've not watched Brave, it's probably top five Pixar for me. Yeah, so good. My mother's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, such an underrated Pixar movie for sure. Number four for me is just action packed. Ryan and I watched it together. John Wick three, Parabellum. <laughs> yeah, it's ne- nonstop. Never did I think they could continue to top eat uh, John Wick 2 or even the first one for that matter. But with each subsequent movie in this series, it just gets that much more over the top. I guess I'd liken it to the Fast and the Furious or even Mission Impossible movies where it's like there's no way they can top that stunt or that level of intensity. And Parabellum is just off the charts crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you were audibly like, oh, whoa. (laughs) The knife scene in that small hallway, my word. They're literally in a freaking knife shop. They're just like punching their way and grabbing different knives. Chucking knives. I mean, after the first kill of the NBA star in the library, you're like, welp, strap in, folks. I I feel like my jaw was unhinged after that scene. And then Aiden walked in at the very, like, the end scenes. Oh, yeah. And it's just, like, them killing tons. Like, I wish they had, like, there's probably a kill count, but it's over 400 people. It's <laughs> insane. It's, it's really good. I liked Halle Berry's um, addition to the movie, and her two dogs were great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really raging good time, but definitely not a movie to watch before bed. No. Coming in at uh, number three, Ryan, these are my top three films of the year. One's probably going to surprise people, but... Um, it just made me feel like a lot of these other movies did not. Three's Rise of Skywalker. Wow. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Go and listen to Ryan and I's review. It hit most of the bullet points I wanted to going into this movie. I kind of lessened my expectations just because of the director fiasco with JJ to Ryan back to JJ. All the hype leading up to this, I found out that in the final scene, spoiler alert, you hear a bunch of Jedi they phoned up all those voice actors like two weeks before the movie came out. So mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go into the, the the making of Rise of Skywalker, but I just feel like the movie almost needed like four or five months more of production. Yeah. Um, especially if the rumors are to be believed that this movie, like JJ's quote, uh, cut, quote unquote, was supposed to be over three hours long. I would have liked to have seen that rendition because I feel like obviously this movie is pretty fast paced really throws a lot of plot at you quickly to kind of get you up to speed. To cr- Whether you want to say he cr- he's trying to correct the wrongs or steer the ship in the right direction post-Last Jedi or not, there's a lot going on in the beginning. And then I think the plot kind of starts to feel evenly paced over the back yeah. half of the movie. But again, I feel like where these characters' journeys ended up, I think I've compared it to uh, Game of Thrones before. Those last six episodes were super quick. Mm-hmm. But if that's where everything was supposed to end up, I was okay with it. I wasn't okay with how quickly we got there. And I think I'd say the same for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I think an extra 30 minutes in this film really could have done a lot for it. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I sent you a video. It's like how it should have ended. The cartoon animation that they do for like a ton of movies. And they kind of just like poke fun at a lot of things. 
That's out now too, and it's hilarious. Okay, I'll watch that. Lauren and I went to bed that night at like seven thirty. We were yeah. Exhausted. I was like, you read, you looked at it, and then you just passed, like didn't respond. And I was like, oh, okay, it's probably the one night in the last year he's not I've going gone to, to bed, bed at like eleven before eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Rise of Skywalker comes at number three. Yeah, and also importantly, this week I had a great dream. Oh, was, please, enlighten us. I was dating Daisy Ridley. Oh, my goodness. As we were standing in line to get, like, our bonus checks or, like, dividends or whatever. And, like, there was another dude in line. He's like, hey, are you sure you want to date her? <laughs> and I was like, hey, dude, I'm pretty sure. And in my dreams, I kissed Daisy Ridley. And then I woke up to my alarm at, like, freaking 5 o'clock. And oh, I was no. just like, dude, f- send me back. <laughs> and I was like, I clicked snooze because generally... If you go back to bed quick enough, I can jump back in. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's like and the I'm Matrix. Like, okay, 30 more minutes. Plug right. me back in, Zion. And I didn't go back, and I was so freaking pissed. Like, it was... I want that reality. <laughs> She's a babe. She... Uh, yeah. And her sister, I mean, one of her two sisters, looks like her. Oh, really? Yeah. You two probably wouldn't work out because she is a vegan, I think. And you eat, like, 45 pounds of chicken a week, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, veganism's like a religion. Yeah, it's like CrossFit. Like, you have to talk about it a lot, or else you're not really a vegan or a CrossFitter. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, you got to commit. Number two for me is Avengers Endgame. Cool. This movie really didn't do anything. I don't want to say it didn't do anything I didn't expect, but okay. like, it's Avengers. Like, I knew it was going to be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. The lead up to this movie, I'm glad they were a little bit more cryptic with the trailers than they were with Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, which pretty much gave away the plot. The whole movie. Um, Because they knew that this was not going to do as well in the box office as they wanted it to do. Yeah. So they kind of just had to hype up everything that they could potentially... They had to show all their cards. With Endgame, they knew it was going to make a billion dollars in five days. It's just sad that like Star Wars are like, oh, it's not going to do as well in the box office. Like, it's fucking Star Wars. I know. Like, it should be like... It should be bigger than Marvel. It should be. You'd yeah, expect it to be. Because there's laser swords and Wookiees and Daisy Ridley. <laughs> and sounds in space. Yeah. Yeah, that's... For, yeah. Star Trek did it, right? No sound in space. Silent film. Let's go. The next Star Wars movie. Black and white. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, there's so many moments in Avengers Endgame and it's three plus hour runtime that are just mind-bogglingly cool. And it just pisses me off that you never saw Iron Man 1. So the end, like, big thing wasn't big for you. Yeah, that payoff wasn't what it should have been. I saw that, I was like, shitting bricks. And I was like... Yes, they tied it back to film one 10 years ago. And you're just like, cool, that thing happened. That's on me. That's yeah. on me. Yeah, I mean, I just... Did you ever go back and watch Iron Man? I watched one and two. I haven't seen three yet. Okay, so now you understand that that scene, how big it is. Yeah, and I actually haven't watched Endgame since seeing it in theaters. Okay. And Lauren's never seen it. I'm surprised that she's the favorite kid. In our family. Yeah. And she hasn't seen Endgame. I should at least get more brownie points. You should. But have your parents ever seen a Marvel movie? No, they don't that's why they don't love me. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Yeah. Ryan is well loved. Okay. He was fed as a child. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I was. 
Number one for, for movie for me, Ryan, is uh, a series of movies I didn't start watching until I met you and you and Lauren. Is that a good thing? It's a very good thing, I suppose, because cool. I was able to kind of power through all three movies uh, leading up to this third... Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We never saw King. Lord of the Rings. Circa 2004. <laughs> yeah. We watched Return of the King this I'm year. trying to think what trilogy. I'll let you think about it for a second. I the Divergence. You... <laughs> <laughs> yes. You saw the first two and you made your own fanfic. <laughs> That's right. I did. It was a crossover between Twilight and Divergent. People from the Hunger Games even made it their way in. I really like the actress, the main actress in Divergence. Me too, Shailene Woodley. Yeah. God, what other trilogies are there? Um, do you want a hint? Sure. It came out like in March, I think. Cool. That gives me zero help. <laughs> There's very few hints I could give here that would... It's probably going to give it away. Okay. Um, let me let me tip... It came to- out on a Wednesday. Yeah. Cool. There's like 52 Let of me those. kind of tiptoe around some hints here. It's animated. Is the first hint I'll give. Any guesses? Animated. Any thoughts? I don't think trilogy? we've seen it since the theaters. We haven't watched it together, I should say. Actually, no. Here's another hint for you. We watched it on the cruise. Because we had a bunch of a catalog of movies that we were able to watch. We watched oh, Shumpers. okay. It's um, How to Train a Dragon. Yes, the third one. The Hidden I was World. like, Spider-Man, that's not a trilogy. Yes. But that one was... Did you, I'm surprised that's not on your list. What do you mean? Spider-Man, Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. That's a good point. I um, That one was amazing. That'd probably be high up on my list. Actually, I, mean, I would kick Pet Cemetery off, and I'd probably sneak uh, Spider-Man into four, and Lion King would go down to ten. Because uh, Into the Spider-Verse is a phenomenal movie, and every time I hear... Sunflower now by Post Malone. Yeah. I picture myself walking out onto the top deck of the cruise boat. A nice chill day. You know, you're wearing a light jacket. Going through like mountains on each side. But you're telling your like your dad was standing there with you and you're like, dude, Spider-Man's on. It was on the, the giant projected yeah. screen in front of the pools. We went up to the top deck and just sat there and watched into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Such a good movie. Incredible. It's easily the best Spider-Man. Movie. Yeah, I think I could agree with Even that. Even with Tom Holland, yeah, it's still the best. It's so good. And they actually have a... Uh, Sony and Marvel have locked in a October 2021 film slot. We don't know what it is yet. It, hopefully, it's a Fantastic Four crossover. Yes. Oh, my because gosh. Because they need to lose those rights. No, I was actually hoping for Into, human this, rights Into the Spider-Verse 2. To own Verse Marvel two. movies. <laughs> what? I was hoping for Into the Spider-Verse 2. That too. But they might have already locked in a date for that as well. I'm not I'm not clear on that. But I anyways, would... getting back to my actual number one movie here. Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon 3. Again, I really had no emotional attachment to these films um, before meeting you guys because you guys, I think, were doing paintings together. Like Lauren painted Toothless or you painted Toothless or something like that. And I'd always heard about these movies. I think Lauren did. Yeah, I had already always heard about these movies, obviously, but I never watched them. And when we started watching, I'm like, oh my God, these are really, really good movies. Beautifully animated. And who doesn't love movies about dragons? Mm -hmm. And the first one, you know, has this this young kid. He's very awkward, named Hiccup, of of all names. Yeah. And he ends up shooting down this kind of legendary mythic, uh, uh, dragon a night fury and so he goes and finds this little guy in the forest 
and he can no longer fly because he hurt one of his his wings when Hiccup shot him down. And Hiccup's kind of this little mechanic dude who's always creating these weirdo inventions. So he kind of creates this artificial wing for him and then ends up controlling him and flying. And over the course of these next two movies, he kind of, he obviously matures and kind of comes into his own. He has a love interest. And then just everything that takes place in the third movie is just very emotional. Yeah. I thought it was such a fitting conclusion for for Hiccup's arc and then falling in love with, um, what is her name? Like Enid or something like that? Or Egrid. Eg- I don't no, know what it the, is. No, that's Jon Snow. Yeah. I don't remember what her name is. The blonde but, girl. But, um, but yeah, they fall in love. They save the world. They save all the dragons. It's fantastic. All of their friends who have... Um, an associated dragon friend as well. And it's not just your traditional dragon that you would expect. Like, some of them are just... It's almost like the world of Pokemon, but dragon form. Essentially. Because everyone is just so unique in their design. And there's design. that one nerdy guy who knows the Pokedex inside and out. Yeah, of dragons. Yeah. He's like, this one has a plus 10 stat or, like, speed attack. And you're like, all right, fucking Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and is it... Put your Charizard down with... It's freaking 128. Isn't feet. that the voice actor for McLovin? Yeah. Or is it McLovin that plays that character? It's really like a lot of the actors from that. Even uh, Tooth... Or not Toothless. <laughs> the guy growling. Well, Jonah good. Hill yeah. uh, is in it. Uh, Jon Snow. Kit Harington voices one of the characters. Does he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Really? Yeah. You got... Um, not in that movie, but the dad is uh, King Leonidas. Leonidas. Oh, uh, Gerard Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic voice cast, but I really love the conclusion of this film. And very much like Toy Story 4, the final moments made me tear up and cry because there's this moment of like just pure sacrifice mm-hmm. where the character that's sacrificed... I mean, it's Hiccup. I'm not... I'm spoiling it. Whatever. If you haven't seen these movies, that's fine. You can go watch them. It's, it's not like spoiling the end to end game or anything like that, but A Rise of Skywalker. But there's this moment where he kind of is just like okay with just letting go. And he's fine with it. And then Toothless's love interest is like, no, I'm going to save the day on both parts. I'm going to save your girlfriend and I'm going to rush down in the last minute, save you. Yeah. And it's just so perfect. And the, the Toothless or um, the Night Furies act like cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just adorable. You're like, I want a cat dragon. <laughs> yeah. Just their mannerisms are just very unique and adorable. Yeah. Speaking of King Leonidas, mm-hmm. I do have a question if any of the listeners are Greek or know this is it king leonidas or is it i mean i don't know how you'd answer or leonidas king leonidas because i've heard it leonidas in documentaries oh really yeah and maybe it's the greek pronunciation it could like be like matthios yeah or telemachus is they're like greek version of their name so i don't know if it's king leonidas is like the english version of it or it's king leonidas is how you actually say it in greek well, my guess is when they were filming 300, it was probably a lot easier for actors to pronounce Leonidas, and it also sounds a lot more badass. Yeah, probably. But that's another good background <laughs> noise movie. It's just a bunch of grunting. Dude, I saw that in like sixth grade well, with my buddy Nick. His dad took us to see it. I ended up, I was in Texas, and that was the first rated R movie I got. I was like eighth grade was not old enough and it was texas so they're like i don't give a shit and i ended up buying it and we watched it because the mom or my best friend at the time's mom 
would not allow us to watch rated R movies. Especially with like a sex scene and like blood everywhere. Yeah. And we ended up putting it into the DVD player in the car and watching the entire thing in the like while she was in the car. That movie is phenomenal, especially the scenes where they like zoom in to like it's kind of like uh, Shadow of Mordor because they zoom in to, like when they're lopping off body parts yeah. and it's like slow motion. Oh man, it's it's like a three or four camera rig that just are at different um, draw distances, mm-hmm. and then. It was actually Gerard Butler doing that scene. If I'm thinking of the same one you are, where it's zooming in and out, and he's like hits the dude with the shield and he just flies backwards. Oh yeah, and he goes down and like stabs him in the chest. Yeah, and then like all the arrows come and blot out the sun. I love that movie. I'm gonna watch it right now. It's so good. Yeah, I might do that before our fun time tonight. Have you uh, seen the second one? Yeah, I actually have it on my uh, hard drive. Okay, I might need to. It's not as good. Yeah. And, like, the people are less ripped, which makes it less hot. Well, Lena Headey, I think, is actually in both of them. Yeah. Who is... The wife. Uh, who was she in... Cersei. Cersei. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Have you ever seen Judge Dredd? No. Is that Frank Miller? Did he do that one as well? Not sure, but she's in that one as, like, a drug kingpin. Ah. And that's an awesome movie. Okay. So, you need to see that one. I'll check it out. It's not like a... A pacifist kind of movie. There is violence, which mm-hmm. I know you don't like. Very, but. <laughs> yeah, against violence in video but games it, it's and It's a movies. really good movie. I think it's a remake. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the first one. Okay. Good yeah. stuff. Well, that's all I had for my top 10 movies. I thought, I mean, there were so many movies I didn't see this year. I mean, I wanted to see It Chapter 2. Never got around to that. I, I own that one if we want to watch that. Okay, I do. Aladdin, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. I've heard that's phenomenal. I heard, yeah, I heard uh, that was really 1917, good. I didn't see. Uh, I got around to seeing Parasite, obviously. Marriage Story, I want to see. There's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah, Knives Out, you can buy it on PSN. You can't rent it right now. So okay. if it ever comes to renting, I'll probably watch that. Yeah, it looks good. Great whodunit, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it already got greenlit for a sequel. Really? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work if there's a... I heard it was hilarious. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mom from Heredity. Hereditary. Um, Tony Collette. I mean, yeah, the movie is crazy all-star cast. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Good movie for film, but you know what it was also a good year for, Ryan? Hmm. Watching Dragon Ball. <laughs> it's always a good year for Dragon Ball. Dude, I've never seen the show, but I bought all five seasons last year on eBay for like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. and it is just... I mean, because I only read the, the manga growing up, so seeing mm-hmm. that translate beat for beat to TV show is so great. It, yeah. Goku, or Kid Goku, I should say, is such a tank, so innocent and naive to the ways of the world, especially how he should not be touching women inappropriately. <laughs> well, he didn't, no one taught him because his grandpa died. And no one taught him, like, what's the difference between men and women? And then he just slapping bomb was junk, yeah. or lack thereof. And he's like... What's up with that? Seems like a nice place to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just like, uh, no. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I like Dragon Ball better than Dragon Ball Z. Well, Z is just so intense, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, and I, I don't, I don't read enough of Dragon Ball to remember, like what happens in like the later uh, mangas or I guess seasons in this instance. But you have like five episodes of Goku just raging in Dragon Ball Z to try and get to the next level of Super Saiyan. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
And it's just like, kind of like, dude, speed it up. Like, I could literally skip three episodes, and his hair changed color. Like, that's the only noticeable thing that happened. And in five it grew, episodes. though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I like how innocent Dragon Ball is. And you, you see the characters that are, like, low-tier, like, pretty much powerless, like Yamcha and Tien and stuff, who are actual villains in this one. Mm-hmm. And just watching, like, Goku power up and be like, yeah, maybe we should not mess with this kid or like, yeah. Well, in the most recent episode, um, oh, it's also funny seeing kid Chi-Chi. Yeah. Because uh, her dad's the Ox King. Yes. Yeah, so whatever hilltop they live on was like on fire. And so they went to go see Master Roshi to try and put it out because he had this magical fan thing. Well, obviously. <laughs> he didn't want to use it because apparently it's this dangerous artifact. So he's like, you know what? I'll just go and put it out myself. So he goes and uh, turns into, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger from the 80s <laughs> yeah. and does the Kamehameha way for the first time. So then at the end of the episode, Goku's just like, that was kind of neat. I wonder if I can do that. And so he just powers up his hands, does the Kamehameha wave at a car, and, like, explodes it. And he's like, oh, man, that was nothing like Master Roshi. And everyone else's mouths are, like, on the floor, like, holy shit. <laughs> this really was Gohan's uh, grandson or whatever. Yeah. He just instantly, like learns a technique and they're yeah. like oh crap yeah and i like i don't know if you've gotten to like the first tournament no so that was literally the last episode i watched this morning okay. was um my favorite using- thing is like when they they train with the turtle hermit or roshi mm-hmm. and they're like it's just carrying rocks and stuff but it's like it's pretty much what working out is it's just incremental we're getting i forget the actual term but you just increase incrementally and uh, they get to the tournament, like, maybe we should, like, reel it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, punching people through walls. And it's just, it's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's a good time. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to watch a lot more of that because it's a really good, because I do stay up pretty late most of the time. So it's a good make some tea, watch a couple episodes and go to bed and easily binge that over a series of weeks, potentially months. Yeah. No, it's good. I um, I finished watching, what is it, Full Metal Alchemist for the third time. Oh, nice. And then I finished uh, Sword Art Online. Oh, the, all the seasons for that? How the, long is that? The first season. Okay. okay. It's two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a mindless background. Like It's an anime about an RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and you die if you die in the game, though, right? Yeah. In the first half of the first season, that's what it is basically like you're hooked up to nerve gear and if you lose you it fries your brain interesting so like they're stuck in hospital rooms because they need to get nutrients Mm -hmm. and like they're trying to clear all the floors to get out of the game and beat the game it just coming from runescape and be like let's grind up so we don't die and get our brains fried high stakes runescape that would be insane if like a hundred years from now no, obviously not the, the downstream effects of your brain frying from dying in an RPG. But if we could like almost simulate the Matrix where we put on this crazy helmet and you teleport yourself into a game. like I don't know if the technology would need to be where it's like the developers would basically create a dream so your brain would go into like, like REM sleep or something like that and then you would simulate this experience that they create. Like, like I don't know. Ready Player One. Exactly. That would be so wild. Yeah. 
I'd be cool with that. Like grinding, getting loot drops, and like picking up a helmet that you got, like a rare drop, and putting it on. That would feel amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Be pretty sweet. Well, Ryan, I don't have anything else this episode except for an exciting announcement. Oh, okay. So last year for March Madness, of course, if you're not familiar, college basketball, March Madness, it's 64 teams that compete in this tournament. The first, uh, like when you lose, you're out. Yes. And you, yeah, it's just 64 teams competing from four different conferences. Well, last year, Ryan and I did something for the podcast where we debated 64 video games from four distinct generations of consoles. And I thought it was met with overwhelming uh, success. Yes. I thought a lot of people bought in and had a lot of fun with it. And so we're going to do that again this year and hopefully awesome. in the coming years. And I figured like what what has a library of 64 plus things that we could potentially choose from? And one of the biggest things that came to mind was Disney movies. Yes. And especially when you can separate it into four distinct eras, and I think Disney does that relatively well. And so how Ryan and I are going to do this is we're going to separate it into the golden age, which primarily that's like more the 40s and 50s. But I'm going to kind of cheat and say like the 40s through like the 70s, maybe mid 80s. So is that like the original animated Disney movies? So that's like your Snow White, yeah. your Dumbos, your... You know, Lion King. Well, no, no, no. So that's like your Lady and the Tramps and things like that. Oh, the original. Then you get into the Renaissance era, and that's like your um, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Hercules, Mulan movies. Okay. And then I guess I don't know the like the timeline of when those came out. Then you have the post Renaissance revival era, which is kind of like your Tangled, Frozen, Chicken Little, maybe Emperor's New Groove. I need to figure out what. Because there's a list out there that shows you which era it's a part is of. That, those are actual terms of like... Yeah, those are actual like Disney-created terms. Like the Golden Age, Renaissance era is specifically like Aladdin. Oh, Lion really? King. Yeah. I thought you were like, yeah, this is the Baroque period. Yeah, of... no, I'm not just like pulling that out of my ass. Like okay. that's like an actual thing. Um, and so I will have to cheat in some instances because it's only 16 movies obviously are going to make it into each era. And so if, if some spill over into another... Listen, this is a mediocre podcast. We do whatever the hell we want on here. So yeah. what I'm going to change over last year, though, because I got a lot of flack, was how the seating went. Because last year, people were like, how dare you put Wii Sports as a 16 seed and Mario Galaxy at number one seed? Wii Sports deserves to be number two. So to alleviate those frustrations, what I'm going to do is go into IMBD. And so for all of these movies, the seating is going to be purely based on the ranking of those films. So there's really no disagreement. If you have a problem with the seating, take it up with IMBD. That's not us. If there is the chance of a tie, which is very possible, I'll probably do some kind of number, random number generator thing to figure out what's the higher seat. Okay. Um, and also the last uh, quadrant that I didn't mention. So we have the Golden Age, Renaissance Era, Revival post-Renaissance, live action, the live action films is going to be the fourth one. So your Pirates of the Caribbean, National Treasure, Prince of Persia, those type movies. Hmm. Is it like the new Prince of Persia? Wasn't there a... Jake Gyllenhaal was in yeah. it. Yeah. Did you ever see that? I saw it in theaters. I never saw it after that. Okay. And I thought it was fine. Like, it was entertaining. Did you ever see the Assassin's Creed one? I didn't see Michael Fassbender's Assassin's Creed. Do you know if that Creed. was good? 
I don't think it was met very well with critics or fans. I Mm -hmm. think it was kind of just mediocre, average. Here's a money grab. I mean, especially since we haven't heard anything about a sequel. Yeah, that's true. I feel like we probably already would have heard about like a sequel and potentially a third movie in the works if that was the case. But I think there is going to be another Tomb Raider movie with his fiance, wife, girlfriend. Yeah, his wife. Alicia Vikander or whatever. She's awesome. Hey, you need what we should do. I know, Ex Machina. No, no, no. We should do that as a, like a movie review. Okay, we can do that. Because it's great. I, it's not that I don't want to see it. I just haven't watched it yet. I've just been avoiding it. Pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm really, really pumped about this. Everyone knows my love of Disney. And I loved the creation process of getting the bracket put together last year. It was a hell of an ordeal because it took dozens of hours. But I, I felt like it was so worth it. And I feel like some of the best podcasting discussions and episodes Ryan and I have had came as a result of that bracket. Because those were like the three and a half hour episodes. It was insane. Yeah. And I think with this, we're going to have to go back and watch a lot of these movies because some of them we might not have even seen. Like, when was the last time you watched Snow White? God. Like 15 years ago, Probably 15 to 20 years ago. Yeah. Like... We had on the cruise that Disney trivia stuff. And like some of those questions, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen some of these movies. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there's be a lot of Disney Plus going on. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, even the other day when I watched Lady and the Tramp for the Tarkon podcast, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't be mentioning this if Zach or Chronolink are watching or listening. I was grinding in Final Fantasy 13 the whole time I was watching that because there was a very specific area where I could just walk back and forth and grind. And since I was already so powered up, I never had to shift paradigms. Mm-hmm. So I was literally just mashing the circle button to do auto battle and watching the film on my computer. And I feel like a lot of these, like Snow White, I don't need to be locked into the television screen watching that movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it'll be the same for a lot of these revisits for these films. But looking forward to it, definitely drop notes in the Discord. Uh, your thoughts, if there's particular movies that you want to make sure make it into the bracket challenge, definitely let me know. I think it's going to make for a lot of fun community discussion. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, Ryan, do you have any parting words for the listeners this week? No, like always, have a good week. Um, We'll be back next time. Um, To hear about your Sekiro progress? Yeah, and Pokemon Project. (laughs) (laughs) It is a project and uh, progress. Um, I'm going to be hatching some more seals with some Ziploc bags in my apartment. Heck Um, yeah. Yeah, just have a good good week and if you watch parasite let us know what you think and uh, email us and remember give us a call send us texts <laughs> we don't promote gambling on this podcast yeah not officially okay well thanks everyone for listening we'll see you next week see you